All right, everybody. You know, we've been talking about Away With Me Travel for a long time. And did you know that, you know, that other guy that I talk with on a uh, daily basis and a weekly basis, you know, that other guy, Justin, that's in your ear all the time? You know he's the travel agent, right? With Away With Me Travel? I mean, you know he needs to be your go-to guy when it comes to making a trip, right? All right, well, listen. The guy's commercial's getting ready to come up. And you know we're commercial-free because of our patrons? But this guy right here, this guy's going to take care of you. You know why? Because Mike told me, and Mike knows everything. Trust me. Here they are, the official travel agency of the Dizzy Dads Podcast. Summer is just around the corner, and there's no better time to head to Walt Disney World to enjoy all the magic. And Away With Me Travel is here with a brand new opportunity to make sure you experience all the magic Disney Parks has to offer. So right now, when you book your summer vacation with Away With Me Travel in any deluxe resort for a three-day package or longer, we will automatically upgrade your Hopper Pass to a premium Hopper Plus Pass. The Hopper Plus Pass brings so many new adventures to your Disney vacation. From the amazing Disney water parks, Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, to ESPN Wild World of Sports Complex, Disney's Oak Trail Golf Course, the Nine Hole Walking Course, and also the amazing miniature golf courses on site. There's so much magic for your family to experience this summer through Away With Me Travel and at the Disney parks. So be sure to get a hold of Justin or Jamie at show at awaywithmetravel.com. We hope to hear from you soon. And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you courtesy of our Patreon supporters. Want to support the show? Become a Patreon member. Thank you. Thank them. Now enjoy the show. Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. There's a touch of madness around here. Hello and welcome to the Disney Dads Podcast. My name is Jason. Those two guys right there are Mike and Justin. Guys, and tonight I have a lot of, lot of fun stuff that we're going to talk about today. In fact, I'm going to be picking Justin's head so hard that, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, we're going to make your head spin because this is all super cool stuff. So from today at Disney World, from sinking ships to SWAT teams, but we're not going to talk about any of that nonsense because we're just going to talk about the good stuff and that is going to be about the Dahlia Lounge. But before we do that, guys, let's take care of that a little bit about us. Because number one, Justin had an eventful day. Mike, you had an eventful day too, and that is 100% Disney related. Guys, how are you doing today? Good, man. Good. You know, I was uh, I didn't go to work today because I had something important that I had to take care of. And uh, you know, I think the city can run itself by itself for a day here or a day there. And uh, more importantly, I had to take care of fast passes this morning. Today was my actual 60 day out for uh, the beginning of my solo trip, and then the family comes down. So, you know, uh, we've all done it. Anyone who's ever listened to the podcast before, you know that stress of your 180-day mark and that 60-day mark because, you know, when you're the planner, you got to get everything right for the family. And um, successfully today, I was able to get on at that 7 o'clock mark and get 
everything that I wanted. So uh, I was able to get Smuggler's Run a few times, a couple of times during my solo part of it, a couple of times when the family comes down. I was able to snag up Mickey's Runaway Railway. I was able to snag up some Flight of Passage. So it was a complete success, worth taking a day off today to kind of get that taken care of. So uh, I'm happy. I'm excited. I think that 60, the 180-day mark is good because you get your dining planning. But that 60-day mark, that's really, really getting there where you kind of can taste it. And I think the next big event will come will be my uh, Magic Express tags in the mail and my uh, Magic Bands. And then it's kind of the reality of the trip sinking in. So I'm excited. It's been a while. I mean, the Disney Dad's podcast cruise was the last time I was down in Disney. So this is a long overdue trip. Wow, that is a long time. Wow. I didn't realize that was the last time you were at Disney. Yeah. Well, I'm glad yeah. you were able to get everything. What was your... It's because, you know, uh, you do you do fast passes every now and then whenever you're going down. What was your take on today? Were you, did you have any frustrating moments or were you pretty much smooth sailing the whole time? Uh, you know, the app changed a little bit. So I had, yeah. I, I kind of took your advice. I had my laptop open with my, my Disney experience open in that. And then I had my phone also. So I was trying to see which one would work quicker. And it was 701, 702. And it was still saying that <laughs> I didn't have passes for the, you know, for the people that I wasn't ready to do my fast passes yet. And I'm like, uh oh, you know, and then at 703, boom, it went right in. And then I went to my first day and everything that I had was booked up. And I'm like, oh, this, this, this isn't good. Let me go a little further into the trip. And I went a couple of days in and I was able to find, you know, the Mickey and I was able to find Smuggler's Run. And then once I nailed uh, Flight of Passage, I'm like, all right, you know, it's a success. Everything that I really, really wanted, I got taken care of. All of the new experiences, we'll get them under my belt. And uh, but yeah, that that you know that Disney IT, it's a little frustrating sometimes. And I actually felt that the the lag time between making the fast passes was taking a long time. I think yeah. every time yeah. I would hit it and book it, and it was updating the party, it was taking quite a while. Uh, so that was a little on the stressful side. But listen, water under the bridge. I got what I needed to get, and all's good. Good. What do you got? A hundred thousand people on at the same time trying to get their fast passes for that trip. You all know? these, all these crazy people, man, at seven a.m. hitting that button over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, how's man. Rye, how's Rye doing before you get into that? Because, dude, Rye has just been getting plummeted here lately, man. Oh gosh, she's doing better. Been one after another after another. You know, she she was sick mm-hmm. when we were gone on our cruise, and then we got back, and then she was sick last week, and then she got better, and then she was sick. Uh, I, she was fine this morning. Actually, got sick last night. But Ryan's that kind of kid, man. Like she, the littlest thing, she'll get sick, you know. And so we didn't think anything about it. She didn't have a fever, or anything like that. This morning, woke up, great mood, got ready, ate breakfast, went to school. We got a call like twenty minutes after she got to school that she was sick. So I had to go pick her up. She was home all day today, and uh, finally, we're like, you know what? We need to take you to the doctor because I think it, she she probably takes oh, after she? her good old dad here oh, and has okay. some acid reflux, and mm-hmm. it's messing with her, you know. And so we took her to the doctor. Well, I didn't even know doctors were open this late. So I called the pediatrician's office, and they said the earliest we can get you in is 7, 10 p.m. tonight. And I was like, oh, well, right. okay, I guess we'll do that. So we went over. By the time you go over, they gave us a prescription. I had to go get it filled, picked it up. So it was, uh, it was a big day. And I had big plans today, guys, which um, I was able to accomplish, even though she was sick. Uh, I got her Christmas tree down. Yeah, nice. Christmas tree's down and put away. Before it's Easter, yeah, I just ready to go back up. It's not even awesome. April yet. Awesome, man. <laughs> well, that's what, you know, it is what it is. It's down now, so. Um, so okay. I got that down, got our Disney artwork back up on the wall. You almost forget you have it, so 
but yeah, little by little, hopefully she's on the mend and, and this will help her. But thanks for asking, man. I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, man, everything was was a good day. It was, you know, it's a little chilly here, but it's our last little bit of cold before we're sparked uh, about to get into our normal summer weather. We don't have spring or fall. We do like a, a, a mild winter and then straight into summer. So um, we have a couple days of chilly. I know I like chilly. Jason gave me a little look. Chilly to us is like in the fifties uh, and forties, you know. Um, okay. But it'll be Fair seventy enough. before we know it. So we'll be ready to roll. But I tell you what, man. I when you came to us with this uh, this topic for tonight, buddy, I was super excited because I had a uh, I had the opportunity to experience. One of these two things that we're going to talk about tonight, and uh, and the beauty and 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 the the food and the atmosphere and everything that both of these places have brought to the Walt Disney World property over this past year, and uh, what a great addition to Walt Disney World and uh, and to the uh, the Coronado Resort, and of course we're talking about the grand brand new Destino Tower uh, over at Coronado. And uh, Jay, we're going to jump into the main dining experience and the lounge also, Toledo and the Dahlia Lounge. You know, I did not have a chance to go to Toledo. I walked in, checked out the room, but I didn't eat there. But I know you did. You did have a chance. You had uh, had some food there. And I want you to take me through your dining experience, everything you had uh, that you that you loved, maybe some things that you would skip. Take us through this whole experience and let's transport everybody to the brand new Toledo restaurant there, uh, there at the uh, Destino Tower. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, guys, I want you to hang on because once we talk about dinner here, uh, we're going to hand everything to Justin because there's a big story that's involved with this uh, this whole little area here. And um, it is really a fascinating story. There's a lot of information that is uh, fun, good information where, oh, so when you do get a chance to go there, it is going to make a lot more sense to you. Because when I walked in there... <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the bartender and I was like, "Ah, but we'll get into that later." So, uh, but anyways, on the other side of the house, we uh, we have uh, Toledo's restaurant. Okay, Toledo. All right, and uh, the official is Tapas Steak and Seafood. Now, you got to see when you walked in there, Justin. You got to see it has a pretty nice view up. It's beautiful. There. I mean, beautiful. It's it it is perfect. It sure is. It's a it's man. I tell you, it's uh, especially when you catch it at that fireworks time. It is really an amazing view. We sit down and, uh, you know, so we didn't even have an ADR for this because, guys, the reason we're telling you about this, this wasn't even on our radar. We know someone who invited Rachel and I and the the boys up there for uh, um, dinner. And we we went up there. We sat down. Um, Let's start with uh, the atmosphere, okay? And I've said this before. um, I thought it was a little bit loud, but like all Disney, Mm -hmm. like restaurants or whatnot, um, it is a very... um, it's a it's it is a very nice built restaurant. It's very it's got a great. I personally thought the lighting was perfect, where it wasn't too like too, you know I don't want to say too dark you know romantic yeah, 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 yeah. slash like I feel like I got a whisper and but it wasn't overly like I was in a hospital either. So it was a very nice balance. Um, the uh, the uh, the decor was very very nice and it fits completely in with the theme that we're going to talk about tonight. But forget about all that. Let's just talk about the menu, okay? So Rachel and I went ahead and we split the um, the steak for two. Now this was a um, a 28 ounce bone in ribeye for two, and it had uh, uh, you know a, a beef candle, tomato, onions, oregano, and a choice of two sides. Uh, the steak was fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm a I'm a very much a snake's uh, a snake. I'm very much a steak connoisseur. Um, 
like steak needs to be done right. No, I don't want. I was gonna say a steak snob, but uh, you know, with friends like you, I don't like to say that. <laughs> so um, I'm, uh, you know, like look, if it's bad, steak is bad, I'm gonna call it for what it is, because you can mess up a steak. And if it's a bad cut of meat, you know, the ribeye is not just a ribeye. It's got to be a decent cow. You got to have a decent vendor. You got to have a decent steak. This was a really nice steak. It was done very nice. Um, I'm a medium rare guy. Rach is not. I'm like, look, you need to get this steak done medium rare. Okay. She, uh, she agreed. It's a, it was a perfect steak. So get the steak guys is my point. Um, let's talk about some of the, uh, the appetizers here. Cause this is where, um, you know, like with us, we like to start our, uh, um, we like to start our meal with an appetizer almost everywhere. Every time we go, we got heirloom p- tomatoes, uh, it's uh, stone fruit, farmer's cheese, fermented garlic, and torn mint. Now, price point on that it was ten bucks. Most of your appetizers are ten, ten, twelve bucks. In fact, they're all ten bucks except for this one, and uh, that's the um, the Jaman Serrano and compressed melon. Uh, there's a romaine salad, uh, savory churros, and uh, they had a very nice. Um, it's a pan con tomato uh, tomato bread. This was very good. It was, uh, you know, like a, a garlic bread with crushed uh, tomatoes and olive oil and garlic on top of it. It was a very nice, um, uh, it was a very, very nice. So I, I would recommend that. It was very light. See, my thing is, is I fill up on appetizers. I'm guilty of this all the time. I fill up on appetizers before I get the main course. This is a very light one. Uh, I, I would recommend that. Um, the the also with the menu, um, you have tapas. Now, you guys under, do you guys know what a tapa is? <laughs> of course yes, I know what it is. Funny. All right, That's so what I always do when I don't know something. I mean, I do know this, but, you know, I do that. Of course I know what this is. What are you talking about? Well, I did not really understand what a tapa was. Um, a tapa itself is, um, uh, what is the bread that's on? Is it just different types of bread? It's a, basically a two-bite hors d'oeuvre. Small portions. Yeah. yeah, very a very, very small portion. And um, they were very... Um, uh, they're cheap. I mean, you get, okay, let me just put it this way. You're probably paying a dollar, dollar 25 per bite. All right. Um, and, and it was very much worth it. Cause let me tell you some of the, some of the ones that we had, I went ahead and ordered every one on the thing. Cause I wanted to try them all. And before I sound like a glutton, there was only six on the menu. So if you're looking on the menu, menu, it's, um, actually called, what is that? Pint, Pintox? Pint, Pint, Pink pinsos, I don't know, P-I-N-T-X-O-S, you guys figured out. But they're uh, they're the tapas. Uh, we had the chilled marinated mussels, uh, traditional tortilla espanol, Spanish potato omelet, uh, Valdeon blue cheese. Uh, it's got fig and honeycomb, um, uh, olive oil poached tuna with lemon, olive oil, green onion, aioli, uh, the anchovy and uh, manchego, and the salt-caught stuffed piquela peppers. Um, you know, the only thing one I didn't like was the anchovy and mm-hmm. manchego. I thought it was way too fishy. The anchovy was, you know, overbearing. Oh, and for you fishy. to say that, that's something because you like yeah. really yeah. like. Dude, I'm yeah, into sardines, like and I mean, stuff. I'll eat yeah. anything. This was a very, uh, very hard fishy. But some people really like that anchovy. Uh, I don't know. You Italians Absolutely. like that, don't you? Really? Well, yeah, okay. So it's very popular. I don't like it, but I like my father-in-law would eat it. A lot of my family oh, eat it. Yeah, no, it's. Sure. Uh, what, when, okay, and that's got to be it's got it's got to be huh? something. It was like easy canned food, like depression type right. area. I, I can't, dude. When we were on our cruise, just to go off for a second, when we were on our cruise, I ordered a Caesar salad, right? And the Caesar yeah. salad was dry, but it tasted like a sardine had pooped the lettuce out. Like it was that. Like I was just oh. like, whoa! It was so fishy. I couldn't no, do no. it. Yeah. Mm-mm. 
I couldn't do it. it I mean, just it's get their, their minnows, get them off my plate. But uh, no, I wasn't really into that. Uh, the Valdon blue cheese uh, fig and honeycomb was so good. Very nice. Um, the, uh, the, the poached tuna was very nice too. And the thing is, is you would get these on your plates. And guys, I challenge you to go online and look at some of these pictures. In fact, we'll post them in the group when this drops uh, of our menu. But uh, they're perfect portions. And the thing is, is if, if the price point, you know, at $3 per, you know, so you get one of each and you're, you're I mean, really, right, 18 bucks for, you know, to split something with, you know, it's really, it's it's definitely worth it to me. Um, the, the kids had, I think the kids just went with, uh, you know, your basic Disney macaroni and cheese, which was very nice too. Actually, the kids uh, commented on it. And then they had a... Um, uh, let's see, my other son does the hamburger with uh, the macaroni and cheese. Now, uh, I do want to talk about some of the sides here, guys, because so these are some of the best sides I've ever had on Disney property. Uh, they have um, the blistered shiatsu peppers. They had the olive oil potato puree, the roasted cauliflower, uh, the bravas potatoes, and the braised beans, and the Mediterranean broccoli. The we went ahead. We got the the potatoes. Oh, they were absolutely fantastic. And then we also got the cauliflower, which was very nice as well. The um, the thing is, is the menu to me is like some of the other restaurants. When you guys eat, you almost feel like these menus are going to have to change to survive. I really thought this was a great menu, especially for a startup restaurant. I think there's going to be some stuff that's going to be changing, obviously, but these are solid staples that uh, were very, very nice. Um, you know, we had some stuff that was, uh, you know, dropped in our lap that just for sampling here. Um, and a lot of those were the desserts, and I'll get to those in a minute. But let's talk about some of the entrees that you guys are going to experience. Uh, black grouper. Uh, it's got the petite potatoes and cauliflower. We got scallops, uh, hanger steak, the Manhattan steak. Uh, just an olive oil uh, and a potato puree is with that as well. Uh, red wine braised chicken, a bone-in pork chop. Uh, a plant-based seafood, and um, and of course the the dinner for two with the big ribeye. The uh, I took a look. I really really was looking at uh, people's plates when they were bringing them out. I wanted to see what the food looked like, what the presentation was, um, how professional was the staff. These are all things that I really want to take in. I, the thing is, is before I even get into the desserts, I'm just going to lay it out for you right here. Um, this to me personally is the most underrated one credit restaurant it's one at credit World. no way it's one credit so just 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 saying that now rachel if i'm not mistaken her and i i don't remember if they paid cash or i don't remember how, how this was taken care of but um the uh I, I believe if i'm not mistaken we combined the two the two um the two meal credits if we did use our meal credits i don't right. remember um for the uh, for the ribeye but uh, yeah, it's a one-credit restaurant, guys. So severely, severely underrated. Uh, very nice. Now, when I said I was looking at the wait staff, I was looking at you know how was management treating the um, you know the the customers as they were going through. Uh, this is something that they did. They did. You take California. You take the best of California grills mm -hmm. for our staff, and you drop yeah. them right there. It was perfect. The, the staff was absolutely, uh, they did a great job with that. Um, we got to uh, experience some of the desserts. Parker was a birthday boy. Uh, we had a couple extra desserts that were that came our way because we just had to try them. Um, guys, it, it, 
it was a wonderful presentation. I will I will put something down. They gave uh, Bennett something special. It was uh, three desserts on a uh, on a, a wood board with written in chocolate. Happy oh, birthday! Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, um, and I think that was a gift from one of our friends over there. And you know, the thing is, is um, number one, what was the price point versus the food quality? I say that uh, it was definitely on yeah. point. The number two experience, I will say that I will eat there again in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I would eat there again. Now, this was the dinner. I didn't get to experience a breakfast, but um, I'm telling you, man, it was right there. And here's here's the best part, and we're going to get into this here in a minute because I'm going to wrap this part up, is the lounge that it's adjoined to. You can start your evening at the lounge, go have dinner, because you know, we'll get into a bunch of stuff about that, and then you can end your evening at that lounge after dinner. It's uh, it's really a nice thing. Um, desserts, guys. Uh, the desserts were very, um, well, they're very good. You know, I mean, you know, look, I'm not going to go through a dessert menu because those change, those can change. Uh, they are above and beyond what Disney offers, in my opinion. Uh, you know, go ahead and um, make your ADRs for this place, Justin, Mike. I'm telling you, this is the this is a place to eat. It is very, very nice, and um, yeah, and and, and in fact, Justin, you were uh, you you know doing some visiting up there. Um, uh, you gonna maybe make plans to go up there and eat? Oh, I 100 percent am. Uh, I tell you, uh, I do want to do one thing because I was talking to one of our friends there t- just tonight, actually, right before we recorded, mm-hmm. and they actually have a brand new special. And and you know, you were mentioning some of the things on the special you guys tried. Check this out. Check what they're doing there. And this is what amazes me because the little bit you're saying, you know, for me, California Grill is a staple a disney mm-hmm. staple for me but the price point is pretty high whenever you really think about it. time you do a appetizer um an entree a dessert per person you know we pay cash because we have tables in wonderland um you're looking i would say 80 dollars a person roughly probably okay. maybe a little more okay here's the promotion going on right now um they have a dinner for two okay it's a 95 dollars total not per person 95 dollars. here's what it includes ready Yep. It includes the Spaniard board for two, which is Chef's signature selection of artisanal ch- uh, charcuterie and cheeses, right? It includes the ribeye for two, and it includes the tapas bar dessert charco- chocolate board. And that's the and one that's that I was just visiting right all there. All that yes. for $95. Yep. So I added it all up if you didn't have the promotion. It was $136 to pay for each thing individually, and now you're getting mm-hmm. all this for $95. Bucks. I mean, tell me. Yeah. That's, that's 40 bucks, man. That's, that's $50 a person to have entree. Right. To have a, a, you know, it's a 28-ounce steak. So to turn around and have a 14-ounce steak all on your a nice ribeye all on your own and to have dessert, well, some property can you get that and to have a view. It is the highest restaurant and the highest lounge on Walt Disney property. If if I challenge anybody really to add 100 bucks that I'm going to go on a date, yeah. $100 to be, be fulfilled – Come on, man. That's that's pretty incredible. So that's a great that's a great deal. And like I said, that steak was awesome. So, man, if that's going on next time I go, I will be uh, taking advantage of that as well. Now, Justin, you mentioned the height of the restaurant, and Jason, you mentioned the view when you walk in. Now, when you walk in, what's your best view? I mean, obviously, you know, when you're in California Grill, you have the huge view of Magic Kingdom. What kind of views am I looking at? What am I expecting? And what kind of, if I wanted to make it around fireworks time, what parks would I be looking to kind of gauge it around? So my favorite thing is you are about to have a lot of new firsts coming up here in a couple, you know, 60 days um, from today. Mm -hmm. One of your new firsts is Galaxy's Edge. You're going to be on planet. You're going to be experiencing Batu. If you go to Toledo or you go to Dahlia, 
you look directly down into Galaxy's Edge. Oh, wow. Directly okay. into it. So, not only that, you see all the fireworks there at uh, Hollywood Studios. I mean, it's okay. absolutely beautiful. Um, if you're on the outside of the restaurant, if you're on the balcony and you kind of look over the balcony a little bit and to your left, you can see Epcot fireworks, but you have to make it a point to want to see them. But you are directly in front of Hollywood Studios. I mean, Jay, that view up there is, it's gorgeous. Your your Galaxy's Edge is like a blue was a it blue is, night yeah, light. Perfect. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's it is it is yeah. It's you're very. It's a very very nice view. It's 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 very very cool. Um, I, I gotta ask you this. So when when uh we go to California Grill, we've all been there. We've been there all together, right? And you take that magical yeah. elevator ride up to the top. Uh huh. Now, mm-hmm. I think this is a grander experience. Uh, you know, and of course it's a new. It's a new restaurant. It's a new hotel. It's new. It, everything's new. But when you walk in the lobby and it has that open, vast lobby, expansive, two-story, mm-hmm. you know, just huge, and then you go to the elevator and it opens up and it's just it's all tile and it's beautiful and it's uh, metal. It's just it's just a beautiful uh, lobby that you walk into. You know, the one I guess greeting area kind of serves as the purpose for both Dahlia and Toledo. But um, but when you first went up there, I mean, what was your first first thought? I mean, my first thought was, wow, they've really crushed this. They've really taken the best out of their other, um, I would say, top of the world type experiences, and kind of put it into yep. this this one place. Well, this is, uh, I guess, my first impression would be, um, it, you take you take the most elegant of art and conv- and and kind of fit yeah, it into a, a a lounge area. You know, it is very, uh, I, it's very, I don't know, it's it's round, it's it's soft, it's um, it, it sparkles. It, I mean, it is. It's just it's it's just the just just this wonderful piece of artwork up there. Uh, Look, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, if I was to say one word, I really do. That that especially that yeah. lounge. So, and 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 I'm just going to wrap up my area and hand over to you because this is the um, this is going to be the beginning of your evening and probably the end of your evening in this lounge. And you know, I really want to get into that, Justin. But first of all, I need to know what is Dahlia. Uh, you know, I challenged both of you guys. I was like, you know, I, I want you to watch this movie, and I didn't preface it with anything. Um, but everything at Walt. Disney World and everything with Disney starts with one thing. It all starts with a story. And there's no difference whether it's a new hotel, it's a new restaurant, it's a new lounge. It all starts with a story. And what most people don't realize is that the story that is told with Dahlia uh, Lounge is one that is over 50 years in the making. Um, It starts between a really a bromance between two guys that couldn't have been more different in their time. Uh, It starts with a friendship between Walt Disney and Salvador Dali. You know, Walt Disney was uh, was a kind of known as the popular artist of the time. Everyone loved him. He was a Hollywood man. He was known around the world. Uh, and then Salvador Dali was kind of known as a high artist. You know, yes, was he really popular at the time? Kind of. You know, he was known, but he was known as that high-end artist. You know, he's, he's doing these high-end paintings. But he wasn't on the popular side. And the thing that brought both these men together was their idea of the love for art, the love for drawing, but also the envy of what the other one had. You know, Walt Disney wanted to be popular. He was, but he also wanted to be considered a high artist. You know, he didn't want to just be considered an animator who's someone who just told stories to children. 
You know, he, he, he wanted that, that other appreciation for the art that he produced throughout the world. Salvador Dali wanted the opposite. Salvador Dali liked being known as a high artist. He liked being known as the person who could, you know, put, put, uh, uh, paint to canvas and, and create these masterpieces that would be known across the world. But because he was so, I mean, I'm going to say eccentric and insane, he wasn't popular. I mean, you know, in, in, in the community, he was more of an outcast to be honest. And so these two, they, they, find themselves at a party in 1945 and they strike up a conversation they meet each other for the first time and Walt Disney is just coming off working on Fantasia and he says uh you know I would love to work with you if you would want to come out to the studio and maybe we could put something together and Salvador Dali absolutely jumped at the uh at at the moment and he said yes I would love to work with you I'll come I'll do that uh he was already in California at the time working on a personal um um project there in in California so he was already there he wasn't back in Spain where he's from so he comes to the studio and Walt Disney introduces Salvador Dali to John Hinch now John Hinch is one of Disney's key animators, key storyboarders, probably the greatest storyboarder that Walt Disney had. He could he could take a story and put it onto a film better than most. I mean, he could really find the transition between art to story, and uh, that was the one thing that Salvador Dali needed. And they come up with an idea, and, and to be honest, to, to give Walt Disney credit, Walt Disney at the time says, I'm going to let you take free reign on this. I think now, if you look back, he probably would have said, maybe I should maybe have a little bit of input on this. <laughs> because when you look at the types of the eccentric, really out there, I mean, look, some of the stuff Salvador Dali produces is stuff of nightmares. I mean, when you look at it, you know, with the melting clocks and with, you know, this ultra, like, surrealism of, of reality. It's just, it's it's really not uh, uh, what anything, what Walt Disney does. And uh, Salvador Dali, he comes, he works from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., works a normal shift, and they start collaborating. They start talking about stories, and, and Salvador Dali starts, starts drawing, you know, and starts painting uh, a sketch at a time. You know, he didn't just animate. He would just, he would come up with a random idea and just paint it. And John Hinch would work with him, and they would go back and forth and back and forth. And to make a long story short, the project goes on for about three months. And at one point, Walt walks downstairs and he says, you know, they, they, they've wanted to put this, this film out. And he walks downstairs and he sees the paintings on the wall. And he says, what are you doing? It doesn't make sense. I don't understand what you're doing. He said, why are there baseball players here? And he, you know, Savardali gave his out of, off the wall type of answer. Um, and because of the timing of 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 when this all was taking place in 1946. Look, the studio is coming out of major financial hardships because of World War II. You know, whenever they lose production in in Europe, they don't have the money to put into these these eclectic eccentric, you know, pro- projects that 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 Salvador Dali's trying to do. So, Walt Disney says, "You know what? Scrap it. Pay him off, you know, we're just we're going to cut it." And, but like you know anything at Walt at, at Walt Disney ever did and, and the Disney company ever does, it never dies. So it goes to the archives and um, and, and sits there on a shelf. Now, Walt Disney and Salvador Dali became friends, and they were friends for the rest of their lives. Actually, 
they still, even after this, they corresponded. They pretty much wrote love letters to one another. I don't know if it's the fact that they were mustache brothers. Like, those guys had the same exact mustache, you know. Uh, but they wrote letters. They visited. Sabra Dolly came out and uh, and visited Walt there at his house. And Walt and Lillian went out and visited him. So they always kind of looked for another thing to work on, but it just never worked out. Well, in 2003, Roy Disney decides, as they're, as they're going through things, he decides, you know what? I'm going to finish this project. And he contacts who? John Hinch, who is now in his 90s, the same animator who worked on the original project. And they begin to work on this animated feature, Destino. Now, Destino is destiny. Okay? That's what it's known as. I would try to explain this six-minute short to you, but it is going to take me uh, maybe things that I haven't done since college to try to get it across to you. Um, But I I will say this in, in a nutshell. Destino is about uh, a, a young woman, and a young woman, a mortal young woman, and her love for Kronos, who is a, a god, a god of time. And Dahlia is the young woman, Kronos is, is the god of time. And the two can never be together even though they love each other, because he's immortal, she's mortal. And the story of their passion and love for each other but yet time is ripping them apart because of, of who he is and what he is and uh, the tragedy of the fact that their love can never be. And they create this this, and they release it in 2003. And it, look, it, it never becomes a staple. Um, it never becomes something that I had ever seen, you know, growing up in that era and loving Disney animation. I had never sit down and watch Destino. Um, it is on Disney Plus if you guys want to check it out. But I give the anim- I, I, I give the Walt Disney Imagineers big credit because when you're talking about Coronado and you're talking about building a brand new tower, the Destino Tower, and you're looking for a theme and you're wanting that Spanish feel, what a great pull to go back and say, you know what, let's take Destino. Let's take this animated feature, 58 years in the making, something that had Walt Disney's hand on it, that had the Spaniard, Salvador Dali's hand on it, and let's build this around this story. And that's what Dahlia Lounge is all about. And so when you walk into this lounge, you have the feel of the artwork and the artistic uh, uh, a touch of Salvador Dali. When you look behind the bar and you have the mirrors that are cut in random shapes that are backlit so they, they pop off the off the gray wall. When you look on the ceiling and you look at the chandeliers that are made to look like dandelions because dandelions are prominent in the short film. Uh, it, it really is, and of course one thing I love about this is they show the short on repeat in the lounge. You know, you have the Spain, the Spanish music. Um, they have the artwork, you know, with, with Walt Disney. They have pictures of him, uh, Salvador Dali. They have all that on the walls. For them to take a story that was never a popular one, that never was um, something that, that made it to mainstream, and to create not only a lounge but a, but a building out of it is really special. And uh, I, before I get your all's take on, on the film and we dive into the food and the drinks and all the great things that this lounge has to offer. I want to leave you with a quote that Salvador Dali said about this film. He said, If we understand the film, we have failed the film. And I think he nailed it because it is a hard one to understand. <laughs> and I want to start with Mike uh, because, buddy, you watched this. What was your take? I, 
I did, and I and I thought maybe you were punking me. I thought like, <laughs> what, what am I missing here? Is he setting me up to to make fun of me on the show? Because it, the best thing that I could reminisce it to was something odd, like maybe Pink Floyd, The Wall, or Clockwork Orange, or something from my earlier youth. Uh, you know, it was weird because it had no dialogue. You know, it was it was music only. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, my my big thing. I mean, obviously, it, it was it was definitely different. You know, I mean, it's nothing that, and I could see why it didn't make it to mainstream. And that quote makes a hundred percent sense. But if you can make sense out of it, then we failed it. I completely get that. Just to sidebar a little bit on a question, this took this many years to make because it was in the archive. What else is in that archive? Like, what what other yeah. projects? I mean, is there a lot of other stuff that maybe uh, we might see in the future now? Are they get, with the success of this and with the way this, you know, kind of took off this idea, are, are there other things that just kind of said, you know what, we'll just keep it scrapped or maybe we'll save it for a later date? I mean, you know, to see that this took 58 years in the making and it's gained its popularity now with the new, you know, restaurant lounge and the story being revived and now being on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and kind of bring the next generation into it. I think that's pretty cool. You know, the one thing too about about this film is it's it wasn't the fact that Walt Disney didn't want it or the Salvador Salvador Dali didn't want it. It was just a really a, a kind of a tragic moment of its time because you know the studio just didn't have expendable money at the time to say you know what we're gonna drop money here money. I mean whenever they they cut cost um there's a quote of Walt Disney saying $70,000 down the drain. Now $70,000 now to the Walt Disney company is drops in a bucket. But at the time when you're coming out of World War II and you've had to postpone a lot of your animation being distributed around the world, it is really tough to say, "Hey, we're going to spend this on a 6-minute short that most people will not understand." You know what I'm saying? And also, like I said, look, Salvador Dali is one of those people who yes, he became he was popular at the time in the fact of in the art community, he was popular, but mainstream, he wasn't, you know? I think, well, first of all, the guy was too extreme. He was way out there, yeah. You got that, you have that borderline, is this guy crazy or a complete genius? Is he somewhere in between that neither of us, none of us can relate to? Um, you know, was he cool just to have around because he was that hip, that hip, you know, off the wall, whoa, man, kind of thing. You know, going back to uh, what's in the archives... It, the thing is, is Disney will absolutely lose me forever if they decide they're going to do a live action of this thing. <laughs> There's no way they can do a live action. There's no way. This thing's crazy. I don't crazy. know, man. I'm telling uh, you, they'll, they'll lose me they, forever. You know, the thing, too, is I think that Walt had an appreciation and Salvador uh, Dali had an appreciation for Walt because the one thing they had in, in common is they were both risk takers. Like they, they, Neither one was afraid to take a risk. I mean, when you look at Walt, the history of Walt, which we talk about a lot, I mean, he, the Walt yeah. Disney company is based on risk, you know? But but Walt had everything to lose. This other guy didn't. Well, see, and that's, that's where I think Walt, if he went back now, I think he would go, if he had the moment, if he had a time machine, yeah. I think there was way too much uh, uh, hands-on fingerprint Freedom. from Dali mm-hmm. and not enough from Walt Disney. There's very little from Disney. The one thing you get is the 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 music from from the film um, which you know is was recorded in 1945, and actually Roy Disney has a little fingerprint on on the final thing because he's the one who puts mm-hmm. in the record scratch at the beginning. He said, "Listen, it's an old old school thing, so let's put in the record scratch." And the 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 music was originally intended to be used in Three Caballeros, and then it wasn't, and then they decided to use it for this. So little things here and there, but not much. It came right after Fantasia was uh, just produced, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. wonder. 
if you look at the style of Fantasia versus this. Yeah, same thing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? If how much that mm-hmm. played into that, um, you know, it, it, if the thing is also, I want to, I want to add that, you know, it, it's when you get somebody like Walt who uh, is a visionary, when you get somebody like Walt who is, it was an artist who who appreciates uh, thinking outside the box. Um, do you do you think their friendship was almost like this guy was kind of maybe amused, not not amused, but amused as in, you know, maybe he's helping Walt see things maybe that are just a little different with a different colored glasses on, you know, where that's where that friendship kind of uh, formed. Yeah, I I think that he's allowing Walt to break out of the box. Walt's Walt's uh, greatest triumph is also his kind of you know he's kind of limited himself in the fact of listen he has became this master animator master storyteller um but the stories he tells are animation right. style made for families you know simple storyline you know all uh, it has a as an arc it ends uh i think walt getting into later into his career is seeing himself kind of in this in this Hollywood box where everyone says, yes, you are the genius. You're the head genius of this box. Mm-hmm. But Walt says, that's not all I have to offer. Right. But I also think he needs someone to kind of push his, his, his ideas that don't fit in that box through. And that's where I think when he meets Dolly at the party and he's, you know, they start going back and forth and they realize that as much as they have not in common, they have a lot in common. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, their love for drawing, their, their love for their passion for the arts and their passion for storytelling. I think Walt at the time says, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to expand maybe somewhere that no one ever expected the Disney corporation to go. Do you, I, I almost wonder, you know, cause I never really delved into this guy's life as off stream, excuse me, as um, out of mainstream as he was. And you say high end. Um, and I, I don't want to say con, like he was a con because he was a, he was an artist. I mean, a good artist. And you know, everything is relative to you know, I have the beholder good. Uh, but I wonder how much charisma this that Dolly had. And and the reason I say that is because if he if he was one of those guys that had a lot of charisma and and talent and was off the wall enough enough off the wall to like always keep you interested. Like this dude has got me turning and uh, you never get bored of this guy um was that just like the perfect combination for this guy right here i guess my point is while i'm rambling is um how much is out there about this guy you know how, how many uh, how much information is uh, i mean oh tons there is so oh, this guy yeah. this guy's oh, got a ton one, yeah, one of the most him? famous artists of that time okay. for sure um tons and tons i mean look i mean he, he growing up in in spain and and how i think it's another thing i think they have a very not similar upbringing. Walt has kind of a harder lifestyle mm-hmm. early in life, you know, with, you know, his dad was a, Elias was a very hard man. I mean, he was a guy that, you know, didn't smile a lot. He made you work for everything you had, even at a very, very young age. Um, but they both started their passions, you know, very, very young. I mean, Dali started drawing, you know, uh, early, early teens and, and really being known for, and, and painting really being known for that in his early teens, as did Walt. I mean, Walt started, you know, sketching and, and, and drawing and creating this style of animation, you know, around the same time. Walt's, a, I believe Walt's three years older than Dolly, so they're similar in age. Um, I, you know, so I, I think they have just a lot in common. And I I think that, too, the perils of becoming famous are starting to settle on Walt a little bit. And I think the he likes the idea of having someone else who he can be himself around and he can talk you know bluntly about his passions around 
without them being like, it's the boss. Okay. Yep. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, th- I think I think he enjoys that, and I you know Walt loved to travel the world too. So also someone who's from halfway around the world that he can talk about his passions for travel, and and Salvador Dali share, shared the same. So I think the two had a ton in common. It brought them together. And look, I mean, you're talking 1945. You know, we fast forward 80 years later. You know, more than 80 years later, and we have a beautiful new lounge that we can go hang out in and that we can sit in. I think I did my math, right? Is that right? 80 years? 45? I'll go with it. 60, sure. 5, 50? Yeah, I think. No, no. <laughs> if not, I'm sure let's someone, try 70. Will, someone will fix let's it try for se- us. Let's try 70 years. That's okay. that's better. All right. Is that right? I don't know. Anyway, just yelled the thing. I took math one nine three times. Told you that in the last episode. Um, but anyway, uh, we have this beautiful new lounge. Mike, before we jump in the lounge, did you have any questions about Salvador Dali, Disney, the la- uh, uh, just, just how these all came together to create this beautiful new experience? No, I had no idea how they threw this all together. I mean, obviously, when we when we decided we wanted to talk about this topic, and you know, when, after you guys experienced it, I knew it was like a grand, uh, like a grand, beautiful, you know, high vaulted ceilings, uh, very artsy. I just didn't realize that it had deep roots from so many years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, I just thought it was something like a modern art kind of what they were just coming up with—a new design, uh, new contemporary or modern looking place. Uh, I didn't realize that the roots went that far back, which is pretty cool. And I think me knowing that now, I'm going to have a greater appreciation when I go up there to kind of look around and take kind of take it all in, so to speak. Well, there's little things too, man. When you sit at the bar, because you're going by yourself, right? Yes, I'm okay. going by myself. Um, I I did a little bit of a photo tour. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I kind of looked through the restaurant. I as much as I watched the ride videos and I try and I spoiled a lot of it, like looking at some of the ride stuff. I definitely wanted to. Uh, not look too much into this because I, you know, from you guys uh, talking so much good stuff about it, I did see that pretty cool features they have in the bar. You know, they have USB mm-hmm. ports and, and purse hangers, and uh, you know, it's got this beautiful granite top on the uh, on the dolly launch with all kinds of you know paint speckles in it. Perfect, almost, yeah. Almost very artsy, like like somebody like somebody just threw the paint into the the granite. Yep. You know, like like an, like a true artist. You know, it wasn't didn't have that perfection. It had that gritty art feel to it. You know, something that maybe you would see in a Manhattan art festival mm-hmm. you know what I mean so um, I'm, I didn't want to look into too many details but I did want to kind of you know do a little show prep too you know I didn't want to you know uh, not know what I was talking about when we were doing this tonight and I'm, I'm definitely going to appreciate it more knowing that it has these roots going this far back you know and that's the funny part too when we look at restaurants and we look at dining experiences at Disney, you know like I said everything starts with a story and you know most of the stories are either created at a necessity to create the restaurant. When you look at like a sci-fi, you know, which is Jay, I, I love sci-fi and I tried to get a reservation there and it's all booked up. So obviously it is doing quite well. Um, because it's six months out. I couldn't even get a reservation. Um, but you look at, you look at, uh, some of these restaurants. I love the restaurants that, that Walt has his hand on, even though 99% of the people, when they, when they walk in, won't know it. Walt had his hand on it, and it's the reason for the creation, and that's why you get this. Um, but I know, I know, we're, we've gone on about the story, but I love Disney history, and I love talking this stuff. Um, but let's get to the important stuff, man. Let's get to the food. Let's get to the drinks. Jay, when you went up there, did you guys uh, have a chance to go over and experience Dahlia Lounge? Oh, we did. In fact, I just texted you guys a picture that I took while we were in there. Okay, and um, and that was that picture that I just sent you guys. So, looking at the lounge itself. 
you know, and and you know, I I want to jump back to the um to the uh, the restaurant here for a second. Um, guys, one thing you're gonna notice when you go into the restaurant is this whole arts theme. It's over at Toledo's as well. You know, you have the like we have the red ambient light coming down uh, in in one of the pictures that I took. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got the tree off in the distance. I mean, it is a very round, very elegant artsy restaurant that ties in perfect with the lounge. I need to make that addendum right there, right? Um, as far as the restaurant itself, uh, what I love is is there's such a stark contrast with stuff. Like you have a lot of, it's either round or very square. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there's not yeah. like, you know, like, like an oval or something like that. So even like the bar and, um, you know, you look at, uh, you know, you follow the bar around and even the, 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 the actual, um, you know, cabinet that has the the alcohol even has the curves to it. Right. But then you keep yeah. looking, and then you get the bam, you get the square picture of that beautiful artwork hanging on the wall, way off in the distance. You know, um, this is uh, this is there's a lot going on in this restaurant, but it's not busy. If that makes sense. I agree. I agree 100. percent It doesn't take you. It doesn't. It doesn't overwhelm you Correct. when you walk in. It's it's a subtle style, and you know what. That is Salvador Dali to a, to a T. I mean, when you look at his artwork, it's the use of of motion in pictures, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, it's the use of subtlety as far as uh, the the waves and and the lines, but then contrasted with just a straight, you know, uh, ninety degree angle all of a sudden in the middle. And you're going, wow, where did that come from? You know, um, it it really is just a beautiful, beautiful lounge. And when you talk, look. There's not too many places on Disney property. If you're a DVC member, top of the world. If you have a reservation at California Grill, you're going up there. This is a spot you don't need a reservation. Mm-hmm. You can go to the highest point on Disney property, and you can you can sit there. Now, before, before I miss this, I want to make sure to hit this, because it's one of my favorite little facts about, about this lounge. And... Um, I, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it, it, it is very cool. And it's... You know how when we did our VIP tour, Jay, and we, we, Dave would give us little, little tidbits here and there, Mm -hmm. like little subtle things that maybe we had never picked up on before. Here's something I want people to think about. Okay. Whenever you go to the lounge and you're standing in Dahlia, okay. The floor beneath you is the concierge level for the hotel. Okay. Now the concierge level for the hotel, the level is called Kronos. Thus, the the god the man that's that's the god of time in 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 the short right well the thing in the movie is although the two love each other they can never physically touch they can always be close but they can never touch thus why chronos is right below dahlia they are always close but the two can never touch hmm. think about that subtle little little hint that they that they put in there <laughs> how, co- how cool is that um Look, I, I, going over there, I, I don't, uh, I, we didn't eat over at Toledo. We just ate over here. Um, we tried a few different things. I mean, their menu at the Dahlia Lounge, I mean, it is a lounge. So it is tapas style portions. They do have a few uh, kind of plated appetizer type of things. Um, we had the olive oil poached tuna with lemon. Um, I loved it. Was that, a, ta- was that a tapa? It's a tapas, yeah. Okay, yep, that was um, a good one. Oh yeah, you had yeah, that yeah. one. That's yep, right. Yep. Um, we also, uh, what else did we have? Uh, no anchovy. No, I did not have the. Oh, I know what I had. Um, we had the uh, ar- artisanal uh, manchego cheese vertical house board. The uh, the the cheese board. It was that's um, that very nice too. Oh, oh so nice. Yes. That with a drink. Mm-hmm. 
so amazing, man. I mean, absolutely so amazing. And, uh, I mean, talking about the drinks, I mean, that's what this place is known for. You're talking about professional bartenders knowing their craft, knowing how to do some of these fantastic drinks on Disney property. It's not just, I, I love my Bud Light, but it's not just a Bud Light. You know, mm-hmm. you're going, you're getting these amazing things like a Manzana Fizz, a Vino Daiquiri. Um, I mean, like, the, the some of these are absolutely, uh, the Espusimoso Punch, um, just amazing, amazing uh, drinks. The Sangria Tini. Which sounds amazing, sangria and a martini. I'll take that all day long. Uh, Jay, do you remember off the top of your head what you had? Uh, yeah, I got an. Oh, actually, I got the classic old fashioned. Oh, it was very just, nice. It was sipped. That's... I just I sipped on it. Uh, you know, when somebody yeah. knows how to make an old fashioned, I'm not talking about Wisconsin old fashioned. I'm talking about the Southern where it's right. it's a sipper. Yeah. Like your old fashioned yep. has zero wash in it, right? Uh, yep. It was very nice. Um, I I do want to say something about when we were talking about your food portions. Now, let me just run. Let me just say this: You and Katie go up there. You get this cheese board. You have a beer or a drink. You each get a topper or two. That's a full meal. It's perfect. It's all the food we can eat. And then you're you're not even you're not even fifty bucks into the night. Oh, I mean we're yeah, I mean forty maybe something like that before tip. I mean it's 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 unreal, right? So, and, and two, let's talk a little bit about the seating in in the lounge mm-hmm. is very intimate. For the fact of, there are private places for you to get away. Now, when you have to, when you think about Dahlia and you think about Toledo, you have to remember the fact that Coronado is a resort based around conventions. So when you, Mike, when you're talking about the little things they have in the bar, as far as the chargers and you know all that kind of stuff, it's it's whole premise, and they know this is based on the amount of conventions they hold at the Coronado Resort. That's one of the reasons they built this tower. Um, so it kind of plays for that as well. And but it but it although it, it provides with great meeting space, it also provides great spots for like two people to go and sit. Katie and I sit off in a corner. Mm-hmm. I sit in a chair that I thought I was a king. It was like a throne. Yeah. I wanted Katie to take. I was like Game of Thrones <laughs> and Dahlia. It was amazing, yeah. you know. And I sat there and you know just enjoyed the just to my left is a view of Disney property, you know, out this beautiful window, and to my right is this beautiful lounge. And if you turn around, I can look straight back into Toledo. It's all right there, mm-hmm. and uh, but then again, if you have a big group, there's plenty of seating for that too. Um, it, it really is amazing. And then, did you have a chance to walk out on the balcony? I did. When you I were did. It was a little chilly. Uh, it was very, you know, I mean, it was it was just kind of a cold time for Florida when we were up there. Uh, but but awesome. I mean, we had coats on, so I mean, I was comfortable. Uh, it's a, a very nice. I mean, can you imagine like on a a summer night with the breeze up there blowing on you, just with the, having a drink in your hand? Just it's perfect. Well, I can't wait for Mike to get down there because, Mike, when you go outside, you know, like, go to California Girl. You can walk outside mm-hmm. and stand outside. Mm-hmm. You can go to Top of the World. You can walk outside, stand outside. Here, there are couches. Yeah, you go, you can go out and sit. Mm-hmm. You can go out and sit on a padded couch with yep. a table and have your drinks out there. Yep. And and overlook Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I, you know, I was the more and more I think about this. I mean, obviously, I'm probably going to do it that Monday night on my first day down. You know, I'm going to go pop up there and check out the lounge. Might have to make a dinner reservation for Laura and the girls for during the uh, trip too, because I don't really have too many dinner reservations. So maybe we'll uh, we'll do the dining part of it as well. Yeah, well, I wanted to talk real quick um, before we before we kind of close this this portion up. Uh, they do have another lounge, and I didn't have a chance to experience it. Um, I was talking to our good friend down there today that was telling me a little bit about what they do there. And um, they they have the Barcelona Lounge, which is downstairs, but they have the Three Bridges Lounge, which is out in the middle of the lake out there. 
and you can go out and you can you can sit and have drinks and experience that out there. But the cool part they do is they do a sangria university twice a week, and it's during the day. And they take you down and they teach you how to make each of the sangrias that they make there on property. And it's a it's a flat price. You go, you experience it, and then you could go up and you could uh, you could have you know a nice time at Dahlia and maybe dinner at Toledo. And you've made you've done a whole day at 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 the yeah. resort. So really, really a lot of stuff to go check out. You know, the one downfall I will say is the transportation over over to there because your bus, minivan, uh, Lyft, Uber, and that's it. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's, that's, that's how we did. We did Lyft. I mean, it was... yeah, it, but it's worth it. Now, and let me ask you, because you've done it, I've done it, right? Actually, I'm sorry, we drove because we had our car. Okay. Um, but worth the lift because I mean, a lift costs what nine dollars on Disney property yeah, I think now. It was nine to fifteen bucks. I mean, it was. I, I don't. It, I can't think it was you know much more than that. Um, yeah. Is it? Is it worth? Oh well, yeah, to me it is. You know, yeah, hundred well, percent. Plus, I had the, hair, uh, the wheelchair. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, not yeah. to deal with any of the other nonsense, but uh, yeah, it was worth it to me. I mean, look, you're, if you're you're down there, I mean, and this is something you want to do. Just uh, if you're on a budget, just budget an extra fifteen bucks for your lift ride. You know. Well, not just that. Look what you're saving. Look what you're saving by going to eat there and having a high end meal that's forty dollars cheaper than going to California Grill. Or you know, we're talking meal plan. It's a one credit. Yeah. Exactly. You know, come on, guys. It's uh, it's it's definitely definitely well worth it. Well, Mike, I know you're super, super excited to check this out. I know it's on your list. I'm really excited for you to get that view into Galaxy's Edge. Guys, you you need to go check this this lounge. You need to go check out Toledo. You need to check out this restaurant. You need to check out this resort, and you need to think about this story because it really – the Disney Imagineers went above and beyond. They really knocked this one out of the park. I'm really happy with this new addition, and for me, it'll be a staple for years to come. Uh, for my Disney vacations, I it, it's it's a must do. Jason, you've convinced me to make sure to head over to Toledo and sit down and do dinner there. I mean, t- look, a ribeye for two. Um, Katie will have to find her own, but uh, you know, uh, ribeye for two, <laughs> right. and I'm I'm ready to roll, man. Right. So that was very wonderful. very good. It was very wonderful. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I think the I think I'm going to take a lot of pause. I'm just going to kind of reflect and really enjoy. You know knowing the story now and really taking a lot of that artistry uh and probably when i go up there i'll take a lot of pictures and you know what i'm gonna do with those pictures i'm gonna post them on facebook you know why we have an amazing facebook group and every week we have so many amazing pictures and that brings me to my favorite thing every week and that would be picks of the week picks of the week picks of the week it's time for us to get our picks of the week uh jason why don't you tell me what your pick of the week is? My pick of the week is an easy one for me. I'm going with Mr. Robert Parker, and here's why. After two years of listening to the podcast and being a Disney uncle, I'm glad to say I'm officially going to be a Disney dad. During our trip in January, we soaked in as our last trip without a little one, and we had a great time. Guys, you are going to join a club that is absolutely the most magical special thing that belongs that I belong to and that's being a parent and you are going to be a dad and congratulations to you both yeah that's awesome man awesome awesome news nothing like seeing Disney through the eyes of your child congratulations Justin what do you got for me buddy uh, you know what? I'm going to go with a birthday this week. Um, my good buddy Jim Rodnowski, he says, Per Disney standards, we have a new Disney adult today. Always two, there are a master and an apprentice. Uh, happy birthday to his daughter. Uh, man, that, that, that magic age of 10, 
you're so excited to celebrate that 10th birthday, but then that Disney adult price kicks in too. So it's kind of a yin and a yang. Uh, happy, happy birthday. I love the pictures from uh, from you at Disney in front of Dinosaur. Very underrated attraction, Dinosaur. Actually, I think it was Jason and I were talking. Was it Jason and I or Mike and I were talking about um, uh, Dinosaur and Indiana Jones just the other day because we were talking about Disneyland. And I was saying, uh, I, I, I keep forgetting that they have Indiana Jones and Disneyland. So, um, great, great attraction and awesome pictures. Absolutely love it. Happy, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Reagan. Guys, how about that cake? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's awesome. Wow, that was awesome. Yeah, super awesome. Well, you went from birthday, and I'm going to move on to a happy anniversary. And our good friends, who we've had the pleasure of hanging out with many times, Benjamin and Lindsay, were celebrating an anniversary. And they got to have a little anniversary dinner, take some break for some homework. And a great couple, super good friends. We love them a lot. So happy anniversary from us to you. Happy anniversary to you. Should I keep going? <laughs> No, please stop. No, please stop. Please okay. stop. Okay, I can, I can, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, I tell you, Ben, Ben, and Lindsay. Uh, look, Lindsay is just such a such an amazing, kind, wonderful uh, person, and and ben. tolerant, tolerant, and and, and, and then there's <laughs> and there's Ben. <laughs> she's t- she's tolerant. <laughs> awesome guys. Uh, well, I tell you what. Look, it's uh, it's always fun to go through picks of the week. It's one of our favorite parts uh, every single week. Um, and, and, I, and I absolutely love it. While you're doing it, though, guys, uh, you have your phone in your hand. Head over. Check us out on Facebook, Disney Has Podcast, uh, Disney Has Podcast family over on Facebook. Slap us five stars on iTunes. That's a big virtual hug to us. Uh, all those great things we absolutely love. So uh, the, little, the little things that make us smile throughout our day. We love getting your emails. Uh, and look, I mean, look, there, there is no better uh, time than right now to join the Disney Has Podcast patron family because we have done some amazing uh, times doing extra content, uh, awesome Facebook group telling stories, getting to know people. Uh, on a much more personal basis over there. So uh, th- there's ways to, to do that. Um, go to our Facebook group, click on that patron, or on the episode, click on the patron link, and uh, and help not only help the show, but also get that extra content, guys. Hey, listen, uh, in, in closing here, let me throw this out there real quick. Uh, I've got a ton, a ton of inquiries about how my wife is doing. Uh, she had an MRI. Um, she actually had her Achilles tendon was torn and bursitis. Let me say thank you to some of our medical community out there who offered uh, inside look, um, you know, from our nar- from our nurses to our MDs in the group that reached out to me and uh, offered, you know, uh, second opinions uh, if we needed any help. Man, I tell you what, how awesome is that for you guys to just reach out to me and say, hey, if you need a second opinion, if you need any help with any medical advice or whatever, please ask me. Um, boy, that's really a testament to our community, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. And, uh, you know, if you, if you see that guy driving a scooter around or whatever, you know, pull his keys off because him and I need to talk. Well, Justin, you're a podiatrist. Did you give him any advice? <laughs> I do more like just skin, you know, not, oh, nothing inside, okay. just just the outside of the foot. P- podiatrist foot... or proc, proc anyways? <laughs> pa- Patreon episode, Dr. Scooter. Patreon episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike, closing words? Uh, listen, it was it was fun talking about this tonight. You know, I was super amped up today to get my fast passes done. You know, you hit that sixty day mark. Like I said, you're kind of in the home stretch. You know, you're running for the finish line, and uh, being able to talk about this and get some insight on something that's new and it's going to be another new first for me. I'm really excited about it. And uh, cool story. Good to see you guys, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you guys again next week. 
Yeah, man. Always fun. Uh, Disney Dads family, we appreciate you guys. Have an awesome, awesome week this week. And uh, always, you know, spread that Disney positivity throughout. Patron family, hang on. We'll be right back. And for everyone else, we'll see you real soon. See ya. Have a good night. Good night. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin, let the one And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.